You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. We looked at this idea of Pentecost, uh, Pentecost Sunday, where um, prior to that, we see the Holy Spirit active in the Old Testament. And, uh, but it was situational, a specific person for a specific moment. And Pentecost, all that changed. And the Holy Spirit was available to everyone. In fact, we're told that for those who were Christ followers, the Spirit lived within them. And so that all happened on Pentecost. Then in week three, Kate talked to us about um, the, the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit does within us, the comforter, and the, um, um, he coaches and empowers us, what happened then. And then last week, we looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to work through us to others. And what does that look like and what are some things? And in fact, we talked about uh, spiritual gifts last week. Specifically, we looked at the, the gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we also acknowledge the fact that there's two other gift passages in Romans 12 and then Ephesians 4. Um, and so we, we can look at those a little differently. Uh, but we, we spent our time looking at the 1 Corinthians 12 uh, because these are gifts that we really can't control. Um, these are the ones that the Holy Spirit will choose to use someone in a given moment. Um, and, uh, and so we can't, we can't flip a switch and say, all right, today I'm going to do this gift and tomorrow I'm not. It's situational. However, we have to be open uh, to being used in that way and then, and then have the courage and the willingness to actually take a step of faith and, and live that out. So I thought today would be, just be kind of an interesting day. <clears throat> Rather than for me to talk more about spiritual gifts, especially some of these we're talking about some unusual ones, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gifts of tongues and interpretation. These are not your natural everyday things. I thought it would be interesting for some of us, some of our own people, to have a panel discussion, essentially addressing the one question, what does the Holy Spirit look like in your life? Um, and we're going to, if in your worship guides, there is an outline uh, for today, but uh, instead of a sermon, you'll notice that there, um, the gifts, the nine gifts that are in 1 Corinthians 12 are put into three groups of three. And so we're going to take each group at a time and we're going to break that down and say, all right, what does that look like for you? How have you experienced that or not experienced that? Um, and so that's uh, certainly an appropriate response too. Um, so we have two microphones. Do we need a third? Or no? You we guys share? Will that one work? That's even better. Thank you. That's the anointing. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit microphone. Um, um, yeah, so there's three groups, discerning, declarative, and dynamic are how we've categorized them. Those are our categories. It's just, it's just a way for us to think about them as we talk about them. Um, so we're going to take a look at each group. Let me say this um, right up front. There is no way we can give enough time to these. Uh, uh, so this is, uh, we're trying to drill down a little bit, but they're going to be very strategic drill downs and not a broad uh, conversation. Um, and our, we, we kind of walk, talk through this this past week and just our initial conversations lasted over an hour. Uh, so this, we're going to try and, and, and consolidate that. But the first groups of gifts that are listed there are called, referred to them as the discerning gifts. These are word of knowledge, uh, the, the discerning of spirits, and a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge is the, uh, is the Holy Spirit allowing you to know something that you didn't learn by natural means. 
there's a passage that we reference in John chapter 4 where Jesus is in, going through Samaria. He stopped to get a drink, and the Samaritan woman comes out, and he proceeds to tell her about her life, even though he'd never met her before. He had never had a conversation. There's no other way for him to know what he knew other than the Holy Spirit revealing that to him. So that was a word of knowledge. The idea of discerning of spirits, discerning of spirits, um, as it's talked about in that passage, is to be able to discern between good and evil. Um, and, and some of you know that sometimes somebody can say the right things and they sound like things, but there's just something about them that just isn't right. Um, and this idea of, um, so that's what discerning of spirits is, that there's something not right there um, within that context, within that individual. And then the word of wisdom is the Holy Spirit bringing a divine answer or solution for a particular question or challenge. Um, and so just you're faced with something, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's pray about it. And while we're praying, hey, I just this came to mind. What about this? And we just and that's actually what uh, we think the Spirit's leading. So, so we're going to look at those three first. Um, so my question to the three of you would be, what does that... Uh, and then, and not any one of these in particular, but this idea of the, the discerning gifts. Three, you can pick one of these, but what does that look like in your life, and how how did you, that experience reveal itself? Carolina, why don't you go first? I don't know. Is it on? For me, it's a prompting that happens. Uh, it's different than the voice that says you really need to write a thank you note or it's different. And it normally um, brings one person to mind. Not, it's not in a group setting. Um, uh, should I give an example? Yeah, sure. Okay. So this is long, long ago. I met a preschool mother. Um, she was new to the community. And so I was driving and I I had that prompting that said you need to stop by and visit and we sat in the porch and it wasn't I mean even three minutes into our conversation when she said that Jesus had saved her life Um, and I had natural curiosity but really the questions just also just came and I asked her um you know, what happened, like, and she said, I was going to take my life, and, um, and Jesus's presence came to me and saved my life. I was so curious about that, but I didn't go down that path. I, I just asked her another question. Um, was this about a relationship? And she said that, yes, that her when she was much younger, uh, her parents had been opposed to her dating this person, but she had disobeyed, and that it had um, turned into a date rape situation. And the next question I asked was, um, I told her, "Wow, that that's terrible. I, you know, that could have resulted in pregnancy." And she just burst into tears and. Um, she said that she had looking for children mm-hmm. uh, that she had um, saw a solution that she was terminal 
Right. And that um, and that she was ready to take her life. Um, that she could not reconcile with that decision that she made, and that Jesus appeared to her and um, and saved her life. And I I hugged her. Um, she told me that she that I was the first person she'd ever told that to, even her husband. Um, nobody in her family knew. I mean, we didn't know each other. So I walked out of her house thinking, oh, I have no idea why I was here. But one thing that really uh, felt right was that it encouraged my faith that Jesus appears when mm. we need him. Absolutely. You said something at the very beginning that I thought that was that caught my attention. You said it's different than being reminded that I need to write a thank you note. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what, what is that? I mean, what did you mean by that? Mm, it's, a, it's a voice that I am compelled to obey. And the, and the thank you, I don't know if somebody did thank you note. I, just, I love the analogy because I think there's something there. It's not, it's not necessarily that you're feeling, like usually we've all raised our kids Hey, when somebody gives you something, you need to write a thank you note. You need to acknowledge that gift. And mm-hmm. if you don't do that, you feel like you should, you know. So there's that sense of almost guilt if you don't do yes. it. And, that, and that's not what you're feeling. There's no. much more of an, of an in, impulse that wasn't there prior until that moment mm-hmm. that happened. And so, interesting. Mm-hmm. And you acted on it at the time. I did. Okay. And I didn't ask the questions that I normally would be, you know, curious yeah. about. I would be very curious about Jesus' presence. But yeah, that would, be, that would intrigue me, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So kind of in, in the same vein there, uh, if you spend a lot of time with me, uh, it's not long before I'll bring up the topic of disc golf because it, it's a passion of mine. I, I love playing. But it's actually a sport that I, I picked up a couple of years ago and played it with my son, and it really formed a... a a new and different bond there with my son that we still, you know, continue now. Um, but it's being used in different ways. There's a group of us guys down at, uh, in Cornelius that play disc golf often. And I was like, hey, fun sport, let's go and play. But I didn't really know where, you know, didn't fully look into it and really didn't think too much of that. Uh, but what it's turned into is a really tight fellowship with these men um, all of us believers right there down at, down at Cornelius and um, a community. And uh, it might surprise you. I don't have a lot of guy friends. Never have been. I'm looking over here at Julia. She's probably going to start laughing. Uh, but you know, I didn't have a lot of guy friends for, the, you know, for a while. But this group of men, we just all kind of clicked. And I found community there and really have grown in that. Um, so if you don't know a lot about disc golf, it's, it's a bit of a social sport. You go out and you play, you throw a disc into a basket. Very simple. So I was out one day at lunch trying to get better because it's, it's fun and bonding, but I definitely want to beat these men, especially Scott Rainey, if any of you know him. Um, <laughs> and I'm seeing the nods. Uh, I definitely want to, you know, compete there. So I was out there practicing and ran to, a, to another man about the same age as me um, and struck up a little conversation with him. And I don't generally do this. In fact, it probably was the first time I'd ever done a one-on-one round with somebody that I didn't know. I said, why don't we play a round? And he's like, well, I don't know. And I said, well, let's play. And so he did. And as we walked through, this guy, um, we'll call him Doug. That's his name. Um, he 
certain, I, I would not characterize him as a Christian at this point. I uh, certainly let some words fly while we were out there, and there's a lot of indications that he, he was not, you know, a close follower. So uh, this group of close guys that I play with all the time, this guy's completely opposite. So in the course of this round, um, it's curious you say, what did that sound like? Uh, this is one of those Holy Spirit kind of talking. Uh, whenever I'm doing something at work and I feel like I should do something, I say, I should do this. I should do this. Yeah, a lot of times it starts with I, and I kind of tell that's, that's me. Um, this was a little different. This was ask him to be in the group. This, this guy doesn't fit in our group. I mean, he, he just does not fit in our group. Ask him to be in the group. And, I, and it was several holes, you know, 10, 15 minutes before I actually brought up, you know, this group of guys that, hey, why don't you play with this? He's like, I don't know. And so, again, I probably asked him. So I pushed, and he, he said, sure, I'll come out. And so the next time we played, which was, oh, probably 48 hours later, um, I texted him and said, come on out. <laughs> I play a lot of disc golf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of disco. So um, about a couple of days later, I texted him and uh, had him come out and met the guys. Um, and he is with us all the time. Um, he, we, we, every time we go and play, he's right there with us, right there with us. And he, was, he is looking for community. Now, here's kind of the, the neat thing that I see in it is I kind of see why. Because I, I see the beginning of the story. I really feel like God's got a plan for Doug in this group to, for him to get to know Jesus better. That's what this is about. And I kind of I sense that, I know that, and I feel that. So that's kind of that problem. You have to be open to hearing it and then courage enough to act. I, I love the fact that yours is still, you don't have the story. Your story's not over yet. With exactly. this guy. Yes. And so it's still in, and so I think that that's pretty interesting. Uh, the question that came to me as you were talking, how did you discern it was God's voice and not your imagination? Yeah. Again, it wasn't, I should ask him to do this because, you know, I, at work and different things, I drive, I do, I do, I do. Um, and it, it really wouldn't be my natural inclination to say, hey, do this. And to be quite honest, First time out, there were some eyebrows raised and different things whenever he missed a shot and, and um, expressed his displeasure in that shot in different ways than we normally do. Um, again, he's in a different spot in his life, right. and we, we, we accept him um, where he's at and, you know, want to uh, feed into right. to his life and have him know what we know. So what I'm hearing from both of you is that these are thoughts – that came to mind that you determined in the moment weren't normal. They weren't natural just because of the timing. The nature of the thought itself was off a little bit, which caused you to be a little more attentive. You know, so, again, it wasn't, because wasn't, I think for a lot of us, it's not like this audible voice. There's not these you know, bells going off and these lights flashing. It's, it's very intuitive, if that's the right word, that something's different about this moment or about this thought that I need to pay attention to, so... Um, Can I yeah. ask a question? Yeah, sure. How did you, or did the other guys feel the same way you did? Several of them did. Um, and, and, you know, a couple of them, a little bit of the eye raising. But 
he's absolutely come come into this group, and I've even noticed a difference in the, you know, in our communication surrounding it and, and kind of the open arms. Um, and not that we're a closed off group, but that was never our intention to be going out and and grabbing everybody on the disc golf course and start telling them about Jesus. <laughs> well, for the uh, second time, I want to move us on. Sure. Um, and so uh, the declarative gifts of the next three, um, the, the first one that's listed there is prophecy. Uh, prophecy is the Holy Spirit bringing a word of encouragement to edify someone, um, which is different than what we see in the Old Testament, the role of a prophet. Um, the, the, the words of the prophet in the Old Testament were, were rarely encouraging, um, but as we've defined this term in this context uh, for this conversation, it's much more about here's what I think God is saying to you, be encouraged. And I want this to give you hope and expectation. Um, the other uh, two gifts, there's a message in unknown languages are inspired by the Holy Spirit for edification and direction. That's a corporate or, or a group type of context. The interpreting the message is the Holy Spirit giving understanding and expressing the thought or intent of a message in tongues. Um, and so those two go together as we see them. Uh, so, Dave, I've held you off um, from asking you any questions up to this point. Um, I think for those of us who were here last week understand, um, because at the end of the service last week, you actually had a, uh, um, came up and, tr- and actually had a message in tongues and then the interpretation, which is, is not a common occurrence um, within our Sunday morning gatherings. What was that all about? Such an easy question. There you go. And, and you've, is your things switched up? Ruckle one. Try it. Try again. No? Julia's mic. It's on. You want to go back to mine? Well, go back to mine. There we go. There we go. Okay. We're good now. So. You have to start with easy questions, don't you? Yes. Okay. I, I just want to wait, make one comment about this. Is a kind of an overarching comment. It's split into three categories and subcategories, but a lot of these intertwine also at the same time. In other words, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but mm-hmm. you're going to end with uh, miracles and healing and right. different things. And... Some of those things come out of a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy. Good point. So Good point. Don't, don't totally separate all these in your own mind. Look at as one big Holy Spirit Good. who operates in many different capacities. Yep. Good. So, um, because sometimes I'm not sure when I give a word of knowledge, that and prophecy are very close together. They are. Very, very close. So I think I explained. So, let, me, let me just say that. So the, and I think this goes, this is why I said at the beginning, these are some of the definitions we've given to them for this conversation. Don't get hung up on the definitions right. as much as what is God doing in the moment. How, what title we put on it may not matter, whether it's a, it's a prophecy or um, a, prof, a prophetic word or a word of knowledge. It really doesn't matter. The fact is God is saying something in that moment. For someone else. Right. Okay. So specifically to last week, and I explained this, that that is something that has only happened to me a handful of times, 
where God has given me a verse. And in this particular case, it was, I mean, I do two different Bible reading plans every morning. I, I go through several things. I spend at least an hour um, in the Lord in the morning. And I don't remember where that verse was. But obviously, and, and as soon as I read that verse, I felt the prompting of the Lord, you need to share that with the congregation. And of course, I'm saying, well, what does that mean? You know, back and forth. And it, it was, because I'd, I'd, I felt a little overwhelmed. Well, I can't just get up there and speak a verse and that's it without any explanation. So I just felt the Lord prompt me that he wanted the people to personalize that verse. So that was basically what I was operating out of. And he said, I kept pressing, well, what is the word? He said, you speak the verse, I'll give you the word. So again, everything we do is by faith. I can't impress upon you enough. All the gifts are activated by faith. You have to step out and that's when God meets you. Of course, part of that is discernment. So you have to determine, okay, I heard this. Is that my imagination? Is that some crazy thing? Is it the pizza I ate last night? Or is that God? So with experience and time, the more you press in, the more you can discern God's voice. So but don't think for a minute that when I stepped up here last Sunday morning, there wasn't a little bit of fear and trembling. <laughs> because when you pick up the microphone and you read the verse and now you stand there, now what? So, so that was an act of faith. And it, I felt in that moment that God said, let me speak. You said something that, that interests me. You said, <clears throat> with a little experience you become a little more confident, if you will, as far as hearing that. So the question is, how does someone get experience? Stepping out in faith. But what does that mean? I mean, as far as... Now, I'll I'll answer my own question here. In a private... So like if if I send something for Caroline, I I need to step out and and go talk and share Mm -hmm. and just have that conversation. If it has more of a corporate idea, then that's a very different conversation. But then it's, it's... coming talking to me primarily, or to even coming to you and say, hey, I'm sensing this, talking to get other people around you who have also used that gift would be useful and beneficial in learning how they work it. And so another reason why I wanted these three up here is for you, for, as you, they're going to say something that might trigger a thought in you, maybe not today, but a month from now, and you can say, hey, here's what happened. What is that? Is that what I'm sensing and feeling? What does that look like? And so part of our intent here is to give some other resources for testing um, and practicing and developing uh, those types of gifts. Right. And, and just to follow up, interestingly, since that was recorded, I deliberately went back to listen to it because I don't always remember what I said. Um, that's happened to me many times. So that if you listen to the message, you'll hear the encouragement, right. which is what we're looking for. And the big thing is, I wrote this note, the supernatural is for all, not just a few. 
Um, I've got more, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just conscious of the time. Um, the third group that we talked about here were dynamic gifts. Um, and those that got the, the gift of faith um, is the Holy Spirit bringing a supernatural endowment of belief and confidence for a specific situation. There's the gift of healing, uh, the Holy Spirit supernaturally manifesting the healing provision of Jesus. And third is the gift of miracles is the Holy Spirit manifesting miraculous works for the benefit of others. Um, for, the healing obviously has a physical uh, manifestation. Miracles, uh, what example would Jesus feeding the 5,000 with just uh, you know, five loaves and two fish? So that would be a miracle as distinct from the gift of, of healing there. Um, what about this area? Um, any, anything as far as in your own past as far as, you know, faith or healing or miracles? Uh, again, I don't wake up in the morning saying, you know, I'm going to go to the hospital and just go and touch everyone in there and heal them all. I mean, so there's, there's some parameters around this. What's been your experience? Anybody? I was going to say um, my mom fought ovarian cancer for eight years and she was a believer and um, we prayed. We She went to every healing um, prayer group and um, and you know she wasn't healed. Mm. So that was I think what I learned is that um, that we do pray for healing um, and that God does hear us and we have faith we know he can right. if he wills it um, but that ultimately our healing our complete healing is when we are with him right yeah, and that's the, the thing, too, is sometimes these, especially these you know, miracles and healings, it brings up a lot of things because just like you're saying, we know God can do it, but it doesn't always happen as we would want. Um, someone else? Please. <laughs> okay, I will share. Um, I have two different situations where... Healing, and Jane reminded me of one this morning about my mother. The other one has to do with my son, but we're not going to talk about that today for a couple different reasons. Um, I can't talk about it without crying, for one, and it would take a little more time. Um, But the other, both instances, I went to the book of James, and I believed, and we believed, for the healing by calling for the elders. And in this case with my mother, we called for the pastor. And this isn't a denominational church that doesn't really operate in these things. Mm. But I called him up and said, hey, this is what we want to do. And he obliged and came to my mother's house. And this is after she had had cancer surgery. And did you tell me seven locations? They removed it all. Prognosis was not good. I believe it was also ovarian cancer. Okay. So this is, you know, coincidence. But in this particular case, um, they obliged, came to the house. We anointed my mother with oil, and she never had the cancer again. So 
again, we just were activating faith, going by the word of God, and I've experienced that two different times, right. doing the same thing. So in this, in this case, then, it, it, this faith was literally a gift. It wasn't there before, and the gift for, of his choosing, timing and all that stuff, you were, felt called to act in a certain way, and there was an outcome of that. Again, you circle back to Carolina's, such as where that we we can't pick and choose which gifts we get when we get them and what it looks like. Um, we just have to be ready to operate and step out when we do get that impression. Had you just said, you know, that's a really cool feeling, and not made the phone calls and not taken those steps, you know, what would there have been a different outcome? Um, it's something that is, I think is a fair question to ask. But, uh, um, any other? thoughts here any other let me say any closing thoughts as we're kind of wrapping this up and again we've there's no way we could have done this fair justice but any final words of encouragement or advice to us I think you just the discerning piece of knowing is this me or is this the spirit um, almost doesn't matter in some of these circumstances uh lean into it, have faith with it. And uh, Sam, whenever we were talking about this, is sometimes, I hope I can, I can share this. Uh, <laughs> so we can err on the side of it might be messy, and we might not know what yeah. this looks like. Right. Um, but even if it's not exactly what we thought it was going to be, that's okay too because you're acting in that faith. Right. And generally it comes from... Um, you know, your relationship with Christ, maybe, maybe your prayer walk, that you're attuned or you're aware, um, you're listening more, if, if, if you would. Good. Thank you. Probably the most important thing I want to emphasize today, um, we can have all the information in the world, all the head knowledge in the world, but if we don't mix that with revelation, if we're not hearing the voice of God, you're only halfway there. And, and the Lord just reminded me this morning, um, as far as the gifts, he gave me an example. He said, if you went in to buy a new car, and say it's sitting here, it's brand new, shiny red, it's just what you want, it's $30,000, and it's got all the normal features on it. And sitting right next to it is another car, looks the same, but it's got all the extras on it, you know, all the little perks that, wow, I wish I could have those. And the dealer says to you, well, how would you like to have this car? And you say, no, I, I can't afford that. And he says, oh, well, that all that comes at no extra cost. So which car would you pick? So the analogy is we've been given salvation. We have been given so much by God but the spiritual gifts are just sitting there. He's already given them to all of us to accept them by faith at no extra charge. Mm. Good. Thank you. Any last words, Carolina? You good? Okay. <laughs> I, one of, I don't know if one of you said it. Maybe it's came out of our conversation this past week. But uh, the gifts are an outgrowth of our intimacy with the Lord. And for me, the takeaway there is that if we're not paying attention or we don't want to pay attention, um, you know, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to 
because I don't want to get involved, I don't, whatever. We miss those opportunities, um, and we can miss being a part of what God wants to do. Um, the Holy Spirit will give gifts only if we're open to receive them, <clears throat> excuse me, and then willing to use them, um, and whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I, I always, the passage that was used here for, in Acts 3, Peter and John going in the temple, Some of, mostly most of us are familiar with that, and the guy was begging and said, I don't have any silver or gold, or he asked for money, and Peter says, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Um, and so there's, for me, there's actually three miracles that happen in that story. The man actually being healed is the last one. The one that happened immediately before that is Peter reached down and pulled him up. I can pray for people to be healed all day. And I believe, to your point, God can do it. Will he do it? I don't know. But to actually reach down and pull someone up, what happens when I let go? What happens? And, and, and this was not a one-on-one. I mean, there's... there's dozens, if not a hundred people around. It's a busy, busy area, and everyone's watching this moment. That was an act of faith on Peter's part. What happened immediately before that, though, is that Peter recognized that this beggar beggar was different than the others, because there wasn't just one. There were probably dozens of beggars. Peter's probably passed this guy dozens of times over the years. This guy's been there his whole life. What made today different? What was this beggar? Why this beggar not any of the others that were there. So many questions about why. All we know is that in that moment, the Holy Spirit told Peter, this person now. Beyond that, we don't understand any of it. But what would have happened if Peter, again, I don't know about you, but sometimes we have the week's biggest arguments on the way to church Sunday morning. You know, that's growing up. That's when you're not paying attention. And you just, if Peter is on his way to the temple and He's running late, and he's not. He's in a rush, and he missed the moment because he's not paying attention. Um, so that'd be my encouragement uh, this week as we uh, wrap up here: is don't be in such a rush to get through life, to get through your day, to get through your list, to get through all the things that we are not available to be inconvenienced and interrupted. Because that's the other thing I've discovered: most of God's workings are not in our schedule. They're not something that we plan. They're interruptions to what we've planned. So are we able and willing to be interrupted and to take those steps? So that would be my prayer and my advice or suggestion to all of us this week as we go through this week, Easter week. God, is there a conversation I'm supposed to have today I don't know about yet? Is there a person I'm going to meet? Is there something I need to do? And then when something interrupts, she said that it's just, it just sounds different. It just feels different. God, is that you? Let's find out knows what stories we'll come up with because we acted and we're willing to act on faith. What a cool thing. Wouldn't that be? Uh, to be able to see the book of Acts come alive for our lives uh, today. I believe God still works. This isn't a historical thing. I believe God still works today. Um, it's not him. It's us being attuned to what he wants to do. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.